And the microphone's on. We are on. How are you guys doing? It is a, what is it, Thursday? This week has technically kind of flown by a little bit for some reason, I think. this uh, As we hit November in stride, good to have you on board on a Thursday edition. Jack Michaels Show, Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen, Justin Gard joining us at 20. Izzy coming up, uh, Eric Isendorf, uh, science with a football game. We've been busy tapping into high school and, 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 and the collegiate scene and all that. But I got a question. Years ago, and then for those that aren't familiar with, with uh, the Fargo-Moorhead, West Fargo area, those of you tuning in in our outlying areas, every year there's there's a tournament called the uh, the Roger Maris uh, uh, Golf Tournament, and it, it proceeds of cancer. And throughout the years, uh, Derek and Brad, we've had an opportunity to, to meet really a lot of superstars, movie stars and Yankees and, and, and Roger former teammates and all that. And I remember years ago, many years ago, a guy named Don Larson was in town. And I thought, oh, my goodness gracious, how do you not get sound from Don Larson when you're working in sports in the area? So I go over to uh, the golf course there, and then Don, before he's teeing off, and then Don's like any normal, you know, guy's out golfing, having a good time with his friends. And I, you know, a couple of questions there with Don Larson. And as I leave, and I'm thinking, did I just talk to somebody where nobody else in the history of time is going to do what he accomplished in 1956, these, like, these records, these things, these accomplishments, these feats. And I was consciously thinking about that, and over the years, nobody has. And even up to last night, nobody technically still has. But it was quite the scene last night, a combined no-hitter for Houston. Don, of course, threw it, and then his happened to be 27 up and 27 down a perfect game. Yeah, that's... Right? I mean, I was thinking about that last yeah. night. Yeah, I was thinking about that last night, and, and I saw on social media, some people were kind of poo-pooing a, a combined no-hitter, and I thought, well, hold on here. I, I'm, not, I'm not in that boat. It's not a perfect game. It certainly is something, obviously, Derek and Brad, but your thoughts on, on a combined no-hitter versus, of course, what Don Larson did, how far away uh, should the impressiveness be? Let me, let, me, let me throw it out that way. I would say the it's still a no-hitter. you got to give him that. Give it him was that. a red-hot lineup that had just hit five home runs off you the night before. Point taken. Um, on the other end, I mean, I, granted, no-hitters are no-hitters. But to me, they mean a little bit more if it's not four people yep. involved. Okay. I agree. I think, Jack, I think it's a cool thing. We haven't seen anything like this in our lifetime, obviously. Right. But the way everything's specialized, it won't be the last time. Okay. So so, so me leaving, chatting with Don and Larson. We might see it more than we want to. <laughs> Correct. So, so, again, my thought was right leaving Don Larson from the going, I just talked to someone who I don't think this right. is ever going to happen again to the combined. That's, that's well put. But it's it's double negative here. It's not nothing. It's certainly something. Correct. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But as far as twenty-seven up, twenty-seven down, one man in a World Series, that's incredible. Back to your point, what makes also a case for Houston, uh, whether it be uh, you know Javier and, and the Ryan Presley, the rest that that got involved in a ballpark where the ball jumps, Brad. You know the bank. Ball flies out of the bank. And a pitcher that's not exactly, doesn't have all the best stuff in the world, just adds and subtracts and locates well enough to keep you off balance. Yep, and he did the same thing. It was they had the no-hitter during the season against the Yankees, similar type of situation. Uh, Tector says, love the no-hitter last night. Not the same as Larson. It was 5 nothing at least. Let the guy pitch the 7th and 8th. Just throw fastballs and take him out after the first hit. Yeah. 
It's 97 pitches after six. I, I just don't think it was going to happen because of the way it's played right now. Because then the moment he gets into trouble, I mean, I'm kind of the point too. It's how likely is he going to get into game seven? Probably not likely anyway, the way things are maybe possibly, but if they get to that point, but you almost wonder this type of, okay, pitch till his arm falls off. Then we probably don't have a no hitter. Cause you're probably, you're probably pitching him in a regular year. You're pitching him until he doesn't get, until he gives up his first. I don't hit, want right? to play too many hypotheticals, but the way the twin season went this year and all the texts we got in on Rocco, <laughs> could you imagine if, if he'd have been pulled after, if that were the twins, yeah. he'd have pulled him after four. Could you imagine the conversation today uh, on that? But well, yeah. I was even surprised. It kind of got, the league kind of got buried that they took Aaron Nola out so early. Yeah. 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 It, uh, Hold him in the fifth inning. It, it is why, and for those of you that believe in, in in a word called momentum in baseball, more power to you. I don't, don't, never have, never will. Not game to game. Just you're going to have a tough time convincing me about the word momentum used regarding a baseball game, certainly a series, from a game to game standpoint. Derek, agree? Well, to a point, I, I think. The, but the whole thing with momentum is like a, a lineup can get hot, right? Where they're seeing everything. Yeah. But what happens with momentum? What's what's everyone trying to stop? Momentum, and then one pitcher can stop it. And that's why. I so, just, so that's it. But I mean, it's the same it. thing. It's like you can have a red hot football team that's won six games in a row, and then they, you know, fumble five times in a game, and then momentum is hmm. stopped. So it's a, so you're right, but but don't you feel in football if if a team is is you know Vikings are finding a way to win. Yeah. If a team is is, is if all if the if the, the there's common denominators they're running it well they're blocking well uh, they're playing smart football they're holding on you know if that team is doing that on, in week four and they do that in week five do it in week seven you're almost building like boy this team is tough to beat they've mm-hmm. got they're they're playing well that that until how, you lose the NFC championship game well okay <laughs> then your kicker goes wide right or something yeah. or left I get it but but baseball you nailed it and Brad said earlier I mean the, the Phillies. Pumped out five home runs and looked like a beach ball coming into home plate, and they're driving balls out of the park like it's a slow pitch softball game. And then they come out last night, nothing. Right? No, yeah, it's... it was not a lot of solid contact. Yeah. So it it's it's uh it's something to be said. And now this series is tied to two games apiece, and we've seen a little bit of both. And the the two things, and I get it. We can sit here and, and debate uh, Joe DiMaggio. The fifty six is incredible. Hershiser inning streak. We've 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 run down that road, but I'll tell you, you know Larson's perfect game. <laughs> Again, I, I just and Derek, you said it. I just don't think we're going to see that. No hitter was certainly nice last night. It was combined, but not a perfect game. And Vandermeer. So if you are Justin Verlander, you know Johnny Vandermeer to me. <laughs> You know what the odds are of throwing a no hitter and then coming back in your next start and throwing a no hitter? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other one to me that's yeah. like, I just, that's one that you can almost guarantee is just not going to happen. And certainly in this day and age. So I, I want to appreciate we, we it, it is what it is, guys. It was a no hitter combined. It was. And yeah. Series was tied at two apiece. It's and not we'll easy to see do. It again. Not easy to do. Texter says, I'm pulling for Philadelphia. I think it's an amazing feat for two guys to pitch a no hitter. So, yeah. But one yeah. that. Goes in that corner, or in this case, will they have three or four guys? Four, four, yeah. four. Yeah, and every time I watch Ryan Presley, it's still a trade I hated. But you know, but there's another know. one. I think the Marlins years ago um, had a combined, and, and the walks were like nine walks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. Know, you know those games, no hits, but like nine walks. I'm thinking, okay, so it's a, again, you argue because baseball is built on you know numbers and stats and like the way you do things is is important in baseball and all that. So we we minimize like great accomplishments. Going okay, so no hitter, but he walked nine. 
you know, oh, it's a no hitter, but they used four. You know, it's it's funny how baseball yeah, I just is think, that way. I think with the way that it's specialized, I think that you'll see this more. I really mm-hmm. do. I think that you're going to see combined no hitters yeah. is kind of the thing yeah. that will, and thus the 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 luster of a no hitter is minimized. I I agree because of that, specialization. Did that happen with Kershaw? They had a combined no hitter earlier, and they took well, him out. They had that game against the Twins this year at Target Field, right? And I think didn't they take they take him out? Well, it was earlier, even before that. It was in April. Yeah, so I mean, that, that was a big controversy right. thing because yeah, because Clayton guy, Kershaw had to be, you know, microphones in front right. of Clayton's, yeah. and he got asked about it quite a bit. I just think this is going to be the norm, and, and as good as some of these relievers are throwing 100 miles an hour or whatever, I think you're going to see four guys come in if if a guy can go six innings with a no hitter because it's always you know, once you get to the seventh inning, thing, that's when it gets really. You know, nail biting for a no hitter, right? I mean, or certainly a perfect game is a whole different deal. I, I just, I it, again, the reason why I love this sport, and and you, we talk about the hardest thing to do in sport. People say, and I certainly don't disagree. Hit a round ball with a round bat and hit it squarely. And and you look at how how the Phillies saw the ball the day before, and then now you come back, and it just what it does do is show you how tough it is to hit a baseball. And the best thing about this is, what are people talking about today? Because we just had a conversation 24 hours ago about how no one really cares about this World Series. Right. And this might be the spark. <laughs> kind of resurrected. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that I think more than anything, that's what it's done is make us talk about a sport that was kind of dying on the limb here with everything else that's going on in the sports world. So the, yeah, the Kershaw was uh, it was early in April. Um, seven, they pulled him after seven, 13 strikeouts had not given. Actually, it was seven perfect. I think perfect. No hits, no walks. I'm trying to see if he hit a guy. Did he hit a guy or not? Anybody reach out an air? I'm just looking to see. Chris Paddock lost that. It was one of the rare Chris oh, Paddock appearances oh, for the Twins. Favorite Chris Paddock memory. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, I think because it was seven, seven no-hit innings. Didn't walk a batter. 13. Yeah, he faced, tw- he faced 21 guys. On this date, ni- after seven. That's, uh, on this date, 1989, the Minnesota Timberwolves played their first NBA game on Is this Is that right? Game. I remember it. Remember that they played the Supersonics, I believe. In you got Seattle. that right. Well, if you're going to tell me the score, you are the Rain Man of thing. Do you, do you, can you get close? You, tell well, me, tell me the difference it, in the score. If it was Mussy Boy, if it was Muscleman Ball, it was probably about ninety to eighty-five or something like <laughs> it that. It was one hundred six to ninety-four. Oh, they actually scored more than I would have anticipated. Um, uh, but boy, I tell you, the uh, eighty-nine. So, so you're looking. I'm, I'm just going to pull this up. On uh, the uh, the wolves, and then uh, go into uh, Pooh Richardson. Yep. Yeah. Doug West. Remember Dougie West. Tony Campbell. Yeah, there. Uh, Tyrone Corbin. Yeah. Tyrone Corbin. Corbin was a good player. Randy Sam, Brewer. Nah, I don't. I don't think he was. He came. I or they traded for him that year. I think. Boy, Adrian Branch, and I had an Adrian Branch Mikasa autographed basketball when I was growing up. Adrian Branch. Uh, Todd Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Lowhouse. Yeah, I was just going to say. I him. think they traded Brewer for Lowhouse. Is that it? I believe so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. I believe Sydney so. Lowe. There's your point. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he he actually played NC too. State. Nope. Um, Donald Royale. Rick Mahorn. Brad uh, Sellers. It was great. And your announcers? Kevin Harlan. You got that right, baby. Come here, Hanny. I remember going to one of the games at the Metrodome <laughs> the first year. Me too. Because yep. it was really one of those things that it was a novelty. But uh, just think that the Target Center wasn't even finished yet. 
Nope, they oh, played the first year oh of the Metrodome. They had a huge crowd. Right. Oh, playing Seattle. And now uh, we're sitting. This also on this day in history, before we get to uh, Garzy and Izzy and a big Thursday show coming up, this date, 1998, Minnesota elected this man for governor. Was it uh, Jesse then, huh? Yep. Jesse the Body. Jesse the Body Venture on November 3rd, 1998. One of the craziest falls ever, really, if you think yeah. about it. I was, I was moving to my first gig. I was moving down to central Minnesota. That was about... A week before, I think that happened a week before I moved. I thought, what, what in the world am I moving? Was that to? the first? Not to get political. We're so political on this show, but not. To, beat, not okay, so I'm trying to remember, Derek. He beat Norm Coleman and Skip Humphrey, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Two, you know, pretty political names throughout the Twin Cities, obviously. So, what was the thought in '98? I, I know that you're the the girls were born. I mean, '98 was a big year. Red Hawks won a won a championship. I mean, season. yeah, you know, it was a pretty good. You Vikings. and I were taking phone calls left and yes, right we about Randall Cunningham or Brad Johnson. I was just trying to think of the the, yeah, that's right, the general thought process with Jesse Ventura, you know, because you're just thinking of the guy, the wrestler that, that wore the like. People were pretty jacked up about that. Well, I mean, he was he was out of the mold. He came from uh, the outside of it. I mean, we saw that in 2016, obviously, with Donald. You know, he was kind of a different version of Trump, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think, you know, people get drawn to this, you know, same way that uh, celebrities win elections a lot. You know, I think Al Franken maybe fell into that category ah. a little bit. I think, you know, Clint Eastwood winning the mayor of Carmel, California. Ah, good call. I mean, you I, just asked my desk. That's a great call, Derek, on, on those days. So I was going to ask you what other names the were guy we like, who, wow, he, yeah, Glenn wow. Jacobs, who was Kane and the WWE, won the mayor of his home, you know, in somewhere in Tennessee. So it's just, Fred Grandy from the Love Boat. Yeah, right. Grandy. <laughs> Go for it. Right. Go for right? It. Yes. Nice call, Brad. <laughs> Got a great I mean, suit. celebrities don't <laughs> bow tie. You know, it's a popularity contest with many of these elections for the f- swing voter, and that's who decides elections, not the people who are hard right and hard left. And, and I think Jesse just his no nonsense attitude was kind of I, I resonated I, with the people, right? And I, much the same way it did for people who voted for George W. Bush and Obama, and then they swung back and decided something different in 2016. Oh. Whether they regretted it or not in 2020, that, that's an argument for a different show, but yeah. it, it just happens a lot. And I remember that well. He he blew everyone out of the water at the state fair that year. He just was he was the biggest booth, and they felt something was going on because he was at the state fair stealing the show in the summer of 1998. And he, in this state, 1998, that happens at this piece in history is not a bad date on, on November 3rd, or it is, depending on where you fall on that political and To be honest with you, everyone thought Skip Humphrey would win in a Democratic state, but he just didn't do as well in the debates, and Jesse kind of took over the debates. Yeah, uh, resonating with uh, with somebody. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, he had a lot of practice fighting with Vince McMahon, you know, yeah. all those <laughs> matches he did in the WWE. I mean, that's pretty good debate yeah. territory. Yeah. He won the podium. He won the he won the crowd. That's a huge part of it. There's he no won doubt. the crowd. Uh, Minnesota Section Championships going on today at the Fargo Dome, and, and today and tomorrow. Uh, here we go. Section Six Nine Man today. Uh, ready to kick right now. The probably the captains are meeting at midfield, but uh, true. Twelve thirty. Black Duck versus Norman County East. Eulen Hinterdahl. Then at uh, three o'clock today, Kitson County Central. Facing Goodridge Griglagatsky in Red Lake County in Monoman Wabin at uh, at five thirty today, and then the nightcap tonight, like that one too. East Grand and DGF. Yeah, uh, should be good. Derek that's and Brad were kind of spitballing that here mm-hmm. before we came on the air. What did you guys say about that good game? Physical game, DGF. They just like to ram, just, ram, ram it down yep, your throat. And very true. 
And we'll see you. East, uh, east side's got two nice hits. It was a nice win over Perm. They kind of they were up twenty four seven. They kind of hung on for hung on for dear life yep. on uh, Saturday, but uh, won on the road. Rebels so, yeah. probably the favorite, but it, you know they don't blow the doors off everyone. They just punch you in the mouth. So. Yeah. Check well, that one out tonight. Uh, we'll take a uh, call real quick before uh, yes, we go to Garzy. Texter says uh, we've talked about celebrity. Forgot, forgot about Ronald Reagan. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe the most maybe the most popular with yes. uh, remember in the Back to the Future. The actor? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I suppose Jane Wyman's the first lady. Remember the great Back to the Future lines, yes, yes. 80s movie. Let's go to the phone line. All right, so go to Brad. Hello. Brad. Hey, Brad. Oh, you got me laughing already. <laughs> hey, uh, you do you and you girls, you know, I was listening to you last night. Yes, I didn't sir. make it to the game. I wanted to come out there and talk to you because I was just looking at the rosters. You know, Jory Collins at NDSU, he's, he's getting some gals. Six two six three. Yeah, got some size that they they've uh, yeah. via the transfer. You look at UND's roster; it's it's uh, is they're pretty short. Uh, you you wonder what's going to happen with her this year, uh, Mallory? Cause yeah, they, they just don't have any uh, no experience in the middle, and and no wings six two, and it's it's it, it, I, I don't. What do you think? I'll say this, that, uh, well, in preseason, by the way, pick fourth in the uh, Summit League, I might add, yeah. uh, North Dakota is. Uh, last night was tough. You're right on that because the exper- they, they have inexperience at size. They've got a six foot seven, six foot seven girl, but yeah. not experienced. They've got another kid, uh, you know, Jar- uh, Darcy Jardine, who Brad was going to go to uh, to North Dakota State College of Science. So he's about six four. I uh, didn't yeah. play last night or dress last night. One of them, obviously, uh, Olivia Lane, uh, went in the portal and now playing at Grand Canyon and got injured, by the yeah. way, and she's trying to come back. <laughs> but, you know, see, there's that. No, you, you nailed that. I- They're going to have to find a way to defend the post. Uh, wow. They've got talent from a guard spot and, and physical play. But, you know, when you look around the hey. league and the, and the trend is. Yeah, the, six two wings who could shoot it. Right. The trend is is when you've got that six foot to six two to six three people that play the the three or the point four or the yeah. uh, the five, uh, which you're going to run into whether it be Oral Roberts or South Dakota State or some of these other teams as you mentioned NDSU. That's where the challenge is, uh, Brad. And I'm I'm willing. Yeah. I'm well, willing to give them a few games. <laughs> I'm willing to one give them a few thing. games. Yes. One other thing about Olivia Lane. If you want to see a a playboy pose. Go to Grand Canyon uh, University and click on the, the women's basketball. And click on Olivia Lane. She's standing there in a Wilt Chamberlain pose. She's palming two balls <laughs> and spread out. It's, That's it's, what, just, it's an amazing photo. Take a look at that. Sounds, Olivia Lane on Grand Canyon. Sounds good. Thank you, Brad, for the call. Yeah, uh, it's all good. Uh, Guardsy coming up around the corner. That's the thing. The ladies like to do that, 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 that on, their, on their shots, you know, palm a ball and hold it out outside. Guardsy coming up next. Is uh, we're going to talk a little uh, NDSCS today. Lots to get to today on a Thursday edition on 740 The Fan. Allen, Chris Finch, coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Got a, I've got a bunch of guys who are at the right point in their career where winning is the most important thing to all. Nine to noon weekdays on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Stop searching for value in all the wrong places. When it comes to saving money, look no further than iMart Express. We've got the best insurance offer around. Get a free second pair of glasses when you use insurance with us. You heard that right. Your second pair of glasses is free. It's like finding free money. Get the most out of your vision benefits by shopping for glasses at iMart Express. Your last. Bricky, I was high when I said that. But I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. 
first, you're last. You, you can be second. He's in the Cake Eater Hall of Fame. Cake Eater. His life's never been sweeter when you're just a cake eater. Nadal and Federer wish they were this good looking. I got to tell you, that suit looked like a piece of good God wrapped up with some have mercy with a side of mm. He's the one and only Justin Gar. In and, and really, our week is not complete until we hear from J.G. As we do on Thursdays, we're on guard with Justin Gard. This is post-Halloween, pre-Nebraska football game. Hi, J.G. How you doing, buddy? Your week is not complete without this, huh? Yeah, right. That's what we, you're going with. Yeah, we have to have that. We have to have our fix, our guardsy fix. I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm good. I'm ready to go down to Lincoln. I hope you left the town intact when you went down there back in September. I'm yeah. excited to get down there. I always love going. I'll tell you what uh, What impressed me most, uh, most about Memorial Stadium and, and, and the scene there in Lincoln, Guardsy, is the, the massive uh, food line in that, in that room behind the, 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 you know, the radio in the hallway. Boy, can they, they, I was allergic to all of it, but it, re- it looked really good in there. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know, I think if I remember right, and I'm sure people will love this, I think the food is good there, and um, they mark off your credential that you've eaten. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's they, like, hey, we're going to feed you, but this isn't the Golden Corral, all right? This isn't all you can eat. <laughs> He's exactly much, right. right. He's, you got so to take, veteran move, you got to take as much as you can on that first trip. Just load it up. That's I, right. I got to say this, and this is very inside baseball. <laughs> Thank right. God they never had that with Peg's hot dogs at the old Metrodome at 12 <laughs> no, games. No kidding. Because <laughs> yeah, Larry Fitzgerald Sr. and I would have never, you know, we would have been, we wouldn't, I don't know, it would have never worked out. Oh, man, he is so right, Guardsy, too. You have to cheat your way back or act like you've been there before. Just walk right back up. But it is impossible to get a second mm-hmm. helping at, at that old thing. Hey, Guardsy, yeah. we were just chatting about this day in history. Two things happened on this day in history. One in 1989, the Timberwolves played their first NBA game, and, and that brought back some great memories. And then in 1998, uh, Minnesota elected Jesse the Body Venture governor. So we were chatting about these two major events that had impacts on the land impact on the land of 10,000 lakes now in 1989 uh you're you're probably a, a strapping young man were you i'm yep. just trying to do the math here. i was yeah i was seven i was seven years old okay so that I election did, that election didn't have much bearing on your your walk to school then i suppose you're seven oh, well the election i was in high school Timberwolves eighty nine. I was there ninety. Oh yeah, yeah, my was, bad. Um, That's right. I was sixteen. Yep. That's right. Yep. Okay. So I was uh, I was right in the heart of it. Jesse came to our high school when he was the governor, um, or when he was the governor, gave some type of speech. Um, it wasn't what you would expect when a governor came to your high school. You know, <laughs> like it wasn't. Um, he told some off color jokes that the high school boys absolutely loved. Um, I don't even think I should share it over the noon hour. Here. <laughs> right. Um, right. I don't think it's appropriate, but um, yeah, I remember both of them really well, really, really well. Yeah, yeah, seven with the wolves. That's right, seven with the wolves, sixteen with 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 the gov. And we were just reminiscing about the the wolves, even though the teams maybe not weren't tearing up the court. You know, it's I think where the, where the region you know started falling in love with with Kevin Harlan, uh, Hanny. Uh, the, everything was new. Uh, you get to say the word "poo" in a sentence several times if you were in sports. Yeah. I mean, it was all that was all good, yeah. right? You know. Yeah, Pooh Richardson basketball camp. I went to it a couple of years when it was here. I was part of the Timberwolves Breakfast Club, you know, which was their little kids. So you got to go. I have some great pictures from, like, seven years old going down to Target Center with my dad. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's awesome to have an NBA team. Not every year. Um, in some years, we really haven't had an NBA team. But 
I remember it like it was yesterday when they played their first season at the Metrodome and 55,000 were at essentially every single game. It was it was wonderful. It's still wonderful. Speaking of uh, Timberwolves and former Timberwolves, the other night on TNT, so they're featuring the the Suns and the Timberwolves, obviously. And, and just to the genius of this show, they had all these different – because they're showing Gobert and ta- Towns, what, and then they had all these different – Two big men together thing, right? Obviously, the twin towers with the. I saw the S. And they're going through all these. And then they're making, you know, Barkley's kind of making fun of it. Come on, let, let's not get too crazy here, right? And yeah. so they're they're going back and forth with uh, all like these guys. Lajuan, Ralph Sampson. And yeah. then somewhere, whoever the producer is, puts Mark Madsen. In in a shack next to each other, I, I that I almost died right there on my couch. <laughs> that was beautifully done. That that is why that show is second to none. Well, you never know what you're going to see. No, you never know what you're going to see. You never know. You never know what they're and they're they're nimble too. That's the best part is something can come up during like the first part of the show, and by the end of the show, they've completely scrapped everything just to obsess over that. Whether it was. Um, and they did the spelling bee, I know, on Tuesday night. That was a callback from like a week ago when Charles couldn't spell spectacular or struggled to spell spectacular. So they, <laughs> right, right. they pull it off. But, but yeah, that's why uh, that's the, uh, you're right, Derek. That's exactly right. Why it is the best show on television, uh, certainly in the, in the sports world. My favorite. Everything is fair game. My favorite is the, they had, they, they stretched it out over how many, how many shows that he couldn't say Jonas Valachunas. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. 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 Yeah. It became like a they weekly him, bit. You know, they do the who, the who he play for. They ask him, you know, this is an NBA player. Who's who's he play for? Chuck has no idea. It's, uh, it's magic. Yeah. It's what it's what every show aspires to be, but nobody can be. That was still one of the great Charles Barkley thing. Uh, our our mutual friend and your very uh, close friend uh, Saul Phillips, who uh, who let his phone go to right. voice. Remember, let his phone go to voicemail, right, uh, Garzy from Chuck? Yes. Yes. I forgot about that. They were supposed to play golf, I think, at some point. I don't know if that ever happened. Yeah, and I think Chuck had some things to say about how you know they, they're they're end of the road, they're going to get beat, and then and of course NDSU wins, and, and Chuck gives a call, and Saul knows exactly the number it's coming and doesn't answer it because he wanted him on his voicemail oh, to sure. say forever. That's Classic. Genius. <laughs> so I'm tuning in uh, real quick today, Garzy. I'm 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 heading uh, north on I-29 yesterday. Uh, Katie Barabich's sister's team played Casey UND, and then I'm listening to uh, to bumper to bumper, and you got Mace in your face on, and a couple topics there, and it was intriguing about that. But Mace pretty pretty adamant about people not storming the field, and I and I don't and I forgot how this concluded because either you or or Dan uh, said, well, how do you stop it? You know, how do you stop? Yeah. He made a good point because Tennessee's president or AD or something said, you know, you know, it's a fine. We'll pay it. You know, so almost encouraging yep, that right. where it may seem like he was pretty fairly adamant about this has to stop across the board. Correct, Garzi? Yeah, which kind of surprised me because he's big on, you know, he's a football coach. So you, you want to have the, um, like, the memories. Like, those are those and you go to enough press boxes, like field storming pictures are in every press box that I go to, whether it's Huntington Bank Stadium or Lincoln this weekend. Like there's always, you know, some mythic where they beat number one or they sure. beat a ranked team and everybody ran down on the field. So I was a little surprised by that. Um, what's interesting, it is dangerous, though. I will say that. Like, I mean, I, a friend of mine, friend of mine, the poor woman, she broke her leg jumping down at the Penn State game a couple of years ago. It's like... 
So then when uh, last year when the Gophers beat Wisconsin, I went over because um, they kind of sit in the first row, and I said, well, is someone helping you down, you know, this time? Like, can you just chill? <laughs> right, like, we right. don't need another broken leg. Um, but they are dangerous. And, like, once you get kind of caught up in the, the swarm, so to speak, like, you know, it, it does feel like you're kind of being taken away in a wave, but I don't know how you necessarily stop it. I know they've tried to do it in basketball as well, where, you know, they've tried to at least get the opposing team off the floor, at least give them, you know, kind of a gateway to get out. Um, because that's where, yeah, that's where stuff like we just saw in Michigan can happen, you know, and you've got, especially in football, you've got a bunch of drunk people, you know, running onto the field, and, right. you know, doing something, to, doing something to the opponent. So, but I, I don't know how you stop it. I really don't because once, a group that large gets an idea. Um, you know, you're not exactly working with the secret service in terms of security, no. you know, at <laughs> right. a lot of the, a lot of these arenas. So well, 20 it's, years it's really ago, I, it's almost like they opened up the doors because it wasn't at camp Randall where they had tragedy, right? Cause they're trying to, you know, it was, it was tough to get on the field, but then people up front were getting crushed. And I think people, a couple people sadly perished. Yeah. That was um, early in the Alvarez era. If I remember right. Yep. Yeah. They got just, and that's happened at Ohio State with like a fence as well. And um, I don't know about deaths, but like injuries. Um, it's it's hard. I mean, it's a lot of people. You know, it's a lot of people going in one direction. And if you get kind of caught in the wrong way, um, it's it's very scary. Do we like and and, and of course the play? You have to go back a few years. You know, eighty two. You know, yeah. the band on the field and and you know Stanford and and Cal Bears and and the play and then people getting bowled over and the, all of that. But do we like Gardzi in the NBA where now patrons, spectators who've probably paid a pretty price for seats yeah. on the bench, we're now like the benches for the players speaking of the well are are wrapped around the corner where I don't even know if there are enough chairs for right. the guys on the bench. Do we like that, Gardzi, or is now are we just getting so in you know, Cowboy Stadium, you're sitting trying to give high five as the team marches past you to go on the field. We're getting very it seems like a little dichotomy here. We don't want people storming the field, but yet we're gonna, we want the fans as close to our players as possible. Yeah, I think the NBA is the best example of it, where literally, you know, the head coach is just standing in front of four people, you know, or five feet or four fans. <laughs> right. And, you know, the staffs have gotten bigger too. So you've got like your first row of coaches, your second row of coaches, your third row of coaches. It, I mean, I know why they do it. Like you said, it's financially. I'm sure those tickets are ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure they're a couple thousand dollars a seat, maybe more in some of these bigger cities. I don't think what I'm thankful for is you. we haven't had many incidents that way. You know, that's what that's what you worry about is that there is some type some type of safety deal or some type of security deal or somebody you know, tries to do something to a player or whatever. Wasn't it the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm? Larry David accidentally tripped Shaquille O'Neal while he was sitting court. Right, yep. Um, <laughs> I, I seem to remember that. Like, it great, seems like most people know, remember. like, most people don't want to end up on the news for the wrong reason, you know, whether it's spilling their drink or tripping a player or, or wandering out there looking the wrong way. But, Trying to catch a full yeah, ball. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely intimate. It's extremely Intimacy is the word for it. There's no no doubt about it. What are the rules uh, if you got one of those seats? What what can and can you not uh, bring down from the concessions? What do you think the rules are there? It's a good point. Yeah, you want them to spill. I think you can have anything. Really? Yeah, I think you can have anything. Yeah, I mean, like I'm a sure you can sub yeah. sandwich or like a Just like a hot spill. beef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just- 
<laughs> walking taco? Yeah, right. yeah I don't walking know. Ta- All right, t- taco in a bag. Brad, what, are the rules? what can't you bring? To- I would really be curious in what you can't bring when you're sitting next to Chris Finch. Of course, as, as Garzy said, he's not sitting. He's standing in front yeah. of you, so you're not you're not seeing that. Anyway, and dip, that, dipping dots. Dip, I don't know. Dip, right, that would be just sloppy, like a like a snow cone. Can you bring a snow cone right. down there? And whatever, just like an ice cream cone of some kind. You know, it's going to melt right. And Edwards on the IL, he stepped on someone's <laughs> snow cone drippage on the side. And, and the other thing, guardsy. Uh, speaking of that, and and you've been in the bowels of uh, admission in East Lansing and these stadiums in the Big Ten, and, and those of us that, that broadcast, you see these stadiums. Uh, how many stadiums do you yeah. come in where the, where the where the entrance to the locker rooms? Uh, the clubhouse, if you will, the locker rooms are are literally just like a fork in the road. One goes here, one goes there. Uh, many guardsy because of that fight, obviously no, that that was that not was many. Brutal. Yeah, not many, and, and ironically, Michigan State is one of them that has one single tunnel. Um, you know, most places have two tunnels, but even if you have one, like what happened there was just ridiculous. Oh. And you know, it's just and and I think you know what. What's going to happen is what should happen. I mean, these players are going to get in serious trouble, and it's sad that they're, they're, you know, maybe their lives are going to be defined by, you know, a bad couple of minutes. But, man, that, that was rough video to watch and a rough situation, and I don't care about the rivalry games and the tensions and all that. It's just you've you got to have a better control, better sense of what's going on. Um, there's also, you know, a lot of times where you actually cross to your tunnel. Like Illinois, you have to cross. It's weird. The teams crisscross, you know, from the tunnels are on the same end, but, You've got to kind of you know cross each other. I'm trying oh. to think who else um, has something like that. So you always, and we've seen these. I mean, it happens how many times a year? Five times a year where teams are meeting at midfield and the, the coaches are breaking them up and all of that stuff, like all that alpha male stuff. You know, the the macho stuff that's you know really stupid, quite frankly, because yeah. it has nothing to do with anything that's actually going to happen during the game. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, maybe once or twice a year we've got one tunnel situation and hope everybody behaves like they're supposed to. Mm, man alive. Uh, so you'll be, uh, what time do you check into the graduate? You guys leave on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, hopefully about five. Yeah, hopefully yeah. everything's on time. Yeah. 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 Downtown Lincoln. Downtown well, Lincoln. It'll be a fun time. I know a lot of Gopher fans are making the trip, and it'll be, uh, it's always fun. Always fun to go down there, as you know, because it's just a, a great college football town and great college football environment. Yeah, eighty thousand plus strong that are going to be over there, and and and, and again, I'm not going to ask, but you know, the state of the Gophers and PJ Flag, and what do you expect, and what do you want to see this week? And it's a football game. It's a Big Ten football game against two storied, uh, you know, or two teams with a lot of tradition that 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 want to beat each other, right, guards? I mean, bottom line. Well, it. Yeah, and I'm curious. I mean, we can say I, I, they got to throw the ball a few more times. I would think um, that's that they're going to need to do that against Iowa, and Wisconsin, if they kind of want to salvage this season and you know, let's say finish nine and three with two rivalry trophy games, which is 100 percent in their control at this point. Um, they're going to have to play better. I mean, it was pretty clear once they got ahead of Rutgers. I call that the flex special guys. If you're ever going to like, um, you go to Rhombus guys on a Friday night and you say, hey, can I have the flex special? Um, give me the flex special here. That's a uh, get a lead and then run the ball, you know, ninety times and never throw it. That's um, that's the flex yeah, special at your special. favorite pizza place. Sammy's, Rhombus guys, wherever you want to go, you pick. That's that's how we go. Yeah, well, you have a Canes in Minneapolis. Otherwise, I'd imagine that you'd have been at Canes uh, this. But well, you're getting that one time meal at, at at the stadium, so you'll be fine on Saturday. That's right. That's... I'm going to take a picture for you on Saturday. Send it to plate. me. I'm going to play you. 
Yeah, it should show you how big it's going to be. That should be overflowing. That should get to me well. I'll be in Terre Haute. I'll send you pictures from Terre Haute. <laughs> we'll trade. We'll trade pictures. On they set. had a Larry Bird. I will. I, you they know had what? A Larry. Get a chance to play some horse and French lick. I think you got to take a, take a, take that up on that whole thing. Guardsy, what's coming up on Bumper to Bumper? It's Thursday, so obviously another big show today. Correct. Yeah, quick show. Quick show because we've got some Viking stuff to get to before the Wild game tonight, so against the Kraken. So we've got Sean Salisbury at 3.30, Dr. Dan's inbox, and then Lou Nanny will help us wrap up the show. We're out at 5.45 tonight down here in the city. So my wife is very happy today because uh, I'll be home in time for dinner. That's fantastic. That's that's good. Our week is complete. We've had JG on on our on, our on guard with the guards. Justin, have an enjoyable weekend in Lincoln, and uh, we'll hope to talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks for the time today, JG. Yep. The one hey guys. You got a Justin Guard joining us as he does from K Fan. Uh, you can catch him on uh, Bumper to Bumper weekday afternoons right here on the Fan. Izzy Science, ooh, M State got a finals coming up. Large game this week, and we'll talk about it next on Seven Forty The Fan. Paul Allen gives you the four one one on the Minnesota Vikings three hundred sixty five days a year. Football. What a great opportunity. You know, here on the fan, fifth largest daytime signal in the country, and, and we, we do our best to, to cover the region, wherever you are, because we reach a lot of places, whether it be from the metro or outside. And there's just so many good teams and programs and coaches and players. And we go, and, we, and, and that's our goal to do. And, and, the, and I, that's why I'm kind of excited we got Izzy on today, Eric Isendorf from North Dakota State College of Science. I used to look, Brad, uh, every time I'd, I'd see like a science going, how many points did they win by this week? You know, it's like every week the, the bar has been set so high. The success is there. Brad, you're the voice also of the Cats, too. And I know that, that Izzy doesn't take these for granted, but I'll tell you, it is a heck of a program, Brad. Uh, it's very true. Uh, Coach, thank you for joining us. And I know one thing he said to me last week, he says we the two semifinals the year, or the couple of years prior, 19 and 21, we lost at home. So he was taking nothing for granted last week. And, you know, early on, you pick six, you fall behind. And then I think he scored in about four Four drives in a row, and everything just kind of just settled down, and uh, you uh, pick up a win, and it's on to the finals now, Coach. Yeah, well, uh, Jack and Brad, I really appreciate you guys having me on, and, uh, you know, we're excited about where we are with uh, our football team. Uh, I think we're playing at a really, really high level at the right time, and uh, we're relatively healthy and really excited for the opportunity on on Sunday to win a region championship and, and hopefully get uh, voted on to the national championship. Yeah, it's very true because uh, whoever wins this game, either you or, uh, well, M State's number one in the uh, NJCAA D3 rankings, you are number three, that uh, the winner may, uh, your season may not be over if you win on Sunday. It may not, and uh, that's what we kind of expect. I think, uh, you know, it's a voting system to get into the, to the national uh, championship game, but with uh, with a number one and a number three, one being undefeated, one of one loss to the undefeated team. Uh, I just think that there's just too much there for them to deny us like we we kind of got denied last year. Yeah, you come in, uh, M State, uh, it's only an injury to their quarterback, and uh, it was pretty, well, I'll say significant, but uh, they did take him off an ambulance. I think the news was, was better for him, but uh, – that rivalry has really gotten ramped up the last couple of years. They've really improved their uh, their program. Corey's done a great job over there. They beat you by six early in the year, and um, real good test. They got a lot of they got a lot of talented guys over there. Yeah, they are a talented group. Uh, Corey, like you said, has done a wonderful job. I talked to Nathan Seward, who was uh, part of the uh, 
and how we kind of you know beat up on them early in in my tenure here as a as a football program. I think we had one that was fifty six to nothing, and and now they're undefeated and the number one team in the country. So you can't deny uh, what they've been able to do, and uh, we're we're just excited to to uh, get to this game on Sunday. Eric Isendorf joining us today, head coach, North Dakota State College of Science. The Cats, Izzy, uh, with Izzy, a couple decades, you know, and I, I still look back to two-plus decades ago, is where you were, you know, you're starting that that career and, and getting into it and being around at North Dakota State University, and, you know, you're at Concordia, you'd spent time at, at, at South, and you've had all this experience going on, and I'm wondering, because oftentimes is when we talk about, you know, collegiate coaches, the recruiting uh, is 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 just a whole other season where you're trying to get the right kids in the the right fit maybe just bodies period in there and and you've been able to do that it, do you have the the specific base the specific type of student athlete the specific uh, you know when you go into recruiting you know what what's the thought press for you at that institution is yeah so um, you know for us we want a really good blend of our local regional talent. And then um, makes in guys from from a little bit further out in our outer region, and uh, you know I played back in in the 90, early '90s when uh, John Richmond was there, and that was kind of his philosophy. And I think uh, it builds a culture of family when you can you know get get some local North Dakota kids, some local Minnesota, uh, local you know Wisconsin, I guess is what we call uh, our region, and then. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're looking for a specific type of kid that that uh, is driven intrinsically, that that's uh, of high character. Um, they might have slipped up a little bit in their grades and want to, you know, want to improve on that end, sure. or maybe they got overlooked. And and I think uh, you know we're we're really a a, 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 a family team oriented uh, program, and I think that's. That's why we win football games because we invest in our student athletes and and uh, are looking for a specific type. We might give up a little bit of talent for uh, the betterment of our culture. Really well put because to me it just looks like a cohesive unit that that is out there every week. And that, and I could say from from experience, it probably took a year or two to finally get kind of get that core and what you were looking for in uh, the core of the football program. It did. I mean, it was definitely a process and, uh, you know, we were fortunate to have, you know, some really good talent and, and some really good coaches that have been around uh, to lead us to a championship game our, our first year. And we've been, you know, pounding the pavement and, and working hard out on the football field uh, to try to get back to the championship game. And, and uh, you know, I told our kids that it's time to run through the door instead of, you know, just get there and, and look and peek through. I got a question for you, and, and certainly, Brad, if you were calling all those games over there, you know how you can stereotype conferences and whether it be, say, like the big sky, oh, man, got to have to put points up because it's just it's run and gun and then West Coast and you better be able to defend. Or you can look at, at teams like the Valley and say, oh, that's a ground and pound. You better be able to be strong up there. Uh, can you stereotype uh, the conference at all or, or, or that level is or not so much? I'll throw that at you first. Yeah, so, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where everybody in the conference has really good players and really good coaches. And, and uh, it, from one team to the next, you can't really say that uh, it's a, it's a wide open spread concept or, Hey, they're, you know, playing 
one or two tight ends and playing, you know, power football. So I think we get that week in and week out. Uh, it is really, really high-level football. I think uh, when you think of junior college, you're thinking maybe a JV program. But I think, you know, some of these guys, we kept them around for four years, would, you know, would push the NSIC schools or the NAIA schools that are in our region. And, uh, you know, the talent level is really fun. The speed of the game is great. Uh, when you get there, you, you know, you're not, I think you're caught off guard by the level of talent that you see. And, and week in and week out, you just never know what you're going to get. Uh, Brad alluded to the fact that they got their quarterback hurt last week. So we don't know if he's going to be a part of the, uh, you know, part of the game plan or after they, you know, after they lost their quarterback, they went to more of a, almost like Elk River, right? Double mm-hmm. tight, uh, tee back field. Mm-hmm. I mean, just completely opposite. Uh, but that was to the skill set of the quarterback that they had. And, and you could tell that uh, the coach, the, the offensive coordinator was planning for this throughout the course of the year because they just didn't line up and look that good uh, running the football without practice. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough. We almost had two game plans. We got one for, you know, a quarterback that can um, facilitate the football through the pass and, and have a really talented, maybe the best back in, D3 junior college football. Um, and so it'll be interesting. They might go wildcat. They might go tee backfield. <laughs> that sounds like, a, so, sounds like a nightmare is. That'd be like the last it, it, thing, right? I tell, you, I tell you what, Jack, you know, the first two days I just, like, basically locked myself in the room and, <laughs> and went to work and tried to figure out, okay, what are we going to do against this Elk River stuff? Uh, and Beulah runs it, you know, so you guys in North You're going to see that on Beulah Saturday, Brad. I might see two days yeah. of that. Yeah. Oh, I, now <laughs> I feel sad for Brad. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's just a meat grinder. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it is just an all-out fight when you're double tight, uh, you know, full house backfield. And we're just preparing our kids for that. And then, and then uh, you know, they're, they're talented enough that they get their quarterback and start, you know, throwing the football around. Um, you know, it, it presents different challenges, but uh, and our team's ready for all of this. We've we've uh, grown up and matured a lot through the course of a year. You know, we were primarily 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that uh, we throw game plans at, and they've got to catch on to it, and I've been really, really happy with, uh, through all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. <laughs> Hey, Coach Derek Hansen, here. Long time no talk. If you want me, hey I can, Derek, how you doing? Hey, I, I can send you some of our, you know, Barnes will tape if you want to. Well, that's that what I was thinking thing, about. You know? Derek. Yeah, right. That's right. I mean, it is kind of the same stuff. Oh my and, heavens! Uh, you know, we we did some research. I found out the quarterback was from North, uh, in Northfield, Minnesota, and they ran that system, and so it started to make sense. And then the offensive coordinator was at Bertha Hewitt for a long time, and and ran a similar system. So. There's some really, really talented coaches, uh, really, really talented players in this league. Yeah, Ron Darius Gregory is the uh, tailback for M State, and he's, uh, I think, in this level, he's as good as they come. And he, he will, he will, if he wants to, he can play football at another. Uh, at, at, I would say there's going to be an upper level that'll take him. A great tailback. Um, no doubt. Uh, it's kind of funny because, like I said, I've called three of these championship games, and we've lost them in a variety of ways, and that's probably one thing. The success of this program since they've joined the MCAC nearly a decade ago, and they've just been just shy of a championship. And I'm sure that's uh, you don't need to explain that to the guys. Yeah, um, you know what's what's been really 
unique about this whole situation is, you know, the fact that we have a 49-year-old playing football for us and, and uh, Great you know, story. gained some national, yeah, I've been gained some national attention. And ESPN Game Day was here last week uh, filming. And, you know, it, it's a distraction, and you just wonder kind of how, you know, the kids are going to react to some of that stuff. And I just thought they handled it really well. Uh, there was times where, you know, they only had one camera. So there was times where we kind of had to set up some of the things that we were doing. And and uh, one one of the setups led me to, you know, just some downtime from football and, and practice. And I talked about, you know, the history uh, since I've been here of how things have went. Um, you know, our battles against Central Lakes are always, you know, have always been really good. And then, you know, and then give our experience of the championship game in 2018. And I think that really, you know, that experience, at least on my my part, and then with my defensive uh, assistance being there as well, you know, we can kind of plan and, and prep these guys. And so that it, it relieves some of that anxiety so that they can go out and really just focus on football and play fast. Well, it is good going. The particulars of this, that's a 1 o'clock kickoff, Brad? At St. Cloud at State. At St. Cloud State. Uh, okay, good, good field. Uh, going to be fun. Uh, is, man, it's been too long since we had you on. I'm glad we had an opportunity today. I promise you we'll, we'll get you back on and talk some ball down the road. Good luck this weekend, and, and, and thanks for joining us today, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate uh, what you guys do for the region, and, and uh, that, that's quite a crew you got there with Derek and, and Brad. <laughs> hey, I got through the whole thing uh, not telling stories about us hanging out in the early 90s, so that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm that's not very – have to work around that Yeah, the one. statute of limitations <laughs> is okay. I think. Gonna, we, hey, we've come a long, we've come a long way since those days, too, man. <laughs> yes, you have. Uh, yeah, I was right. a Juco kid, too, so yeah, – right. uh, Yeah. Uh, your book is okay, coming thank out. You guys. Thanks. Yeah, the book is coming out to Holly with love, uh, to Barnesville with love. <laughs> we, you know, we hung out a lot. We, 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 no we, nuggets, baby. Yeah. No nuggets. <laughs> My, Kirby and I would hang out there quite a bit, and Izzy uh, got uh, he had to deal with us. Izzy's quite a bit, the so. ultimate best. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. All right. Yeah. It's a, you're lucky, Brad. That's a, that's a good man to hang out with every weekend, right? I there. I would agree. Is uh, we've had a developed pretty good friendship over the years, and uh, I've uh, he's uh, what he's done with that program has just been. I'm very proud to be a part of it. Yeah, no question. A lot of W's. A lot of W's. Let's hope there's another one coming up uh, this week. And thanks to Justin Gard joining us today on a a Thursday edition of the show. And to Eric Isendorf, head coach, North Dakota State College of Science, the Cats. Got a little bit of everything for you coming up uh, tonight at Philadelphia at Houston. That's the football side of that. That's on KFGO. You got Houston at Philadelphia that's the baseball side of that game. Oh, man. Game That's confusing. How about that? And then then uh, try setting the Fargo Force down at 1019 Jack FM. Stick around. Common Man is next on the fan.